Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Berg Steeler fans. Welcome back to another episode of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast right here on the Steel Curtain Network, which is a part of the Fans First Sports Network. Have some big things coming on FFSN, new website coming out. I'm going to be keep track of my Twitter feed for that. And then obviously it's Wednesday. Happy hump day, everyone. In the second half of this show, you're going to be getting the mailbag segment where you, my ride or die crew, gets to ask questions. I provide the answers. But in the first half of this show, we're going to get right down to the nitty-gritty. Why? Because I actually have a guest. Normally, I don't have guests on Wednesday. But when my source is talking and he says something that I don't know what the hell he's talking about, I'm going to get someone on that does know what they're talking about. Let's go over what the source is, and then I'm going to bring in my guest. My source said, and, and again, this came from another NFL organization. The USFL just ended. The Pittsburgh Maulers came close but did not win the game. They came in second place, lost in the championship game. That was in Canton, Ohio, I believe. Nonetheless, he was asked about the USFL, like how close are teams looking at these players from the USFL now that the season's over? The scout from the other team said no one looks at these players harder than the Pittsburgh Steelers. So our source said, I'm going to talk to the Steelers guys that I know. And they, they said, yes, absolutely. They are unbelievably looking at every possible way to make their roster better. And this is a management source of another NFL team confirmed by a Steelers source high within the organization. They are not going to leave any stone unturned when it comes to potentially improving their roster. So when I heard this, I think back to a Monday morning conversation I had with my buddy Roy Countryman. And he was talking about the XFL. And I was like, well, Roy's got to be keeping tabs on these guys or at least know him. So Roy, welcome back to the show. It's not the Monday morning conversation, but welcome back to Let's Ride. How's it going? I'm doing great, Jeff. Uh, glad to have the 4th of July weekend behind us. And yes, uh, got to really jump into these uh, USFL players after the XFL season wrapped up. And, you know, I'm always excited to see new talent on the Steelers roster. So I, I can definitely believe what your sources are saying that uh, they're they're not being too skittish about looking under every stone to uh, find new talent. Well, Mike Tomlin has openly said he's a football junkie. He'll watch anything. Like if, if there's football on, he's watching it. And I think he talked about the Pennsylvania league where they don't, it's like it's shirts and skins or something like that. when they're yep. just killing each other. Um, but what are your thoughts on just the, in the approach, the Steelers, not, not ever turning down an opportunity to look at some, some talent, whether it's USFL XFL, you know, they bring in Hakeem Butler from the XFL. 
Um, what, what are your thoughts and, and, and also in your experience as a scout with the Steelers looking elsewhere, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I can, I can talk from experience here a few years ago on the first, uh, well, rebirth of the XFL, uh, when the season was cut short, I, I was, I was having a conversation with former Steelers scout, uh, Mark Gorsak and, he probably don't even remember ever talking to me. It was one of the few conversations I ever had to him on the phone. Uh, and, I, and I was saying, you know, as a as a small time scouting, um, you know, firm that does on the side work that's, you know, if you ever need another hand to check out guys in the XFL. And he kind of came back kind of snidely and said, uh, what makes you think we're not keeping close tabs on all these players? I'm like, oh, well, OK, never mind. I'll just I'll stop where I'm at right here. So, yeah, I mean, the first time uh, the XFL season was cut short. You see, Christian Kuntz was one of the guys. He wound up not only making the roster, but being the long snapper for the last few years. And you see, after this past season of the XFL, we signed two of the bigger players uh, that performed at a high level, and Luke Barku, the cornerback uh, at the time for San Antonio Brahmas, and then Hakeem Butler, you already mentioned, who I'm ecstatic we signed. I loved him when he came out of Iowa State. Um, I really think that the Steelers just do a great job of just, you know, refining the process and making sure, you know, none of them under the radar guys gets out from their grasp. And, and I'm, I'm excited to see after this season's wrapped up um, who might be brought onto the roster. Now, I will say that with a disclaimer, if you're expecting some of these guys to come in and be week one starters, you know, pump the brakes a little bit. <laughs> we're, we're looking at guys that are in that in that, you know. 53rd man to maybe the 90th yeah. guy on the roster. You're looking at maybe a practice squad, special team player. You might get a guy that sneaks in to, you know, play some meaningful snaps in the year. But if you're expecting like a week one starter, I'm, uh, I, I, I hope you're not going to be disappointed. <laughs> Seriously. Now, before we get into specific players, I want to ask you a general question. So when you're, when you're this, if you're the Steelers scouting department, are you just looking at every single player or are they kind of at this stage of the game? When you think about, okay, NFL free agency is basically all but Dover. Uh, you've got the draft in the, in the rear view mirror. Yes. You're going to have the opportunity coming up when rosters are cut. That's not going to be until after the preseason. It's going to be one mass layoff. It's going to be awful for those players. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be a lot of jockeying for position. When you approach something like, okay, we have this whole pool of talent now. Do you just look at it with a broad, like a really broad brush or do you look at, okay, maybe like inside linebacker. Okay. That's a position everyone talks about. How would you approach that? Well, I mean, I would definitely, I'd take a twofold approach. So I would look at the, you know, stars of the league from that past year and see, okay, this guy really put forth a quality effort this past, you know, eight to nine game season. Can I just keep that momentum going into this season? Can I get him on the special teams? Can I get him as a key backup? You know, we'll probably talk about Reuben Foster here, which, you know, Vince Williams put out a tweet, yeah. you know, set Steelers Nation on a fire that, oh, we're going to be signing Reuben Foster. I thought Foster played a heck of a season. He had some injury problems even this, this year in the USFL. But a guy like that, I would be targeting them, high pedigree and high profile okay. players, to fill in the end of the gaps especially for positions of need, you know, as well as I do, I'm not, a, I'm not highly comfortable with the inside linebacker depth. Um, but a guy like Ruben Foster, if you're comfortable with all the off the field stuff and, and his maturity um, competing with a guy like Kwiatkowski and uh, Tanner Muse, that's a quality battle at the end of the roster. That's what you're looking for, for these players. I also wouldn't pigeonhole myself though, to only one or two positions because 
you might catch a guy here that's went underneath the cracks with, you know, the COVID years and not sure if they're coming out in college and have an extra eligibility. It's been a hard ride for the last two or three years with the scoutings, you know, staffs to be able to know who's eligible and keep track and, and make sure that, you know, you have enough picks to get all the guys or sign the undrafted free agents that you really like maybe a year prior. And these guys that are performing these secondary leagues now, they're getting a chance to look at them against quality um, competition with some NFL coaching sprinkled in there. You know, a lot of these coaches, you know, Ray Horton was the Pittsburgh Maulers coach. You had Todd Haley in this league. There's a lot of NFL experienced coaches now that you're going to get tape on these guys with that caliber of coaching staff. You know, if it was a lower um, you know, like Conference USA player, maybe in Division Two or HBCU. Um, it's going to be hard to find quality tape against quality competition. So that's really going to help boost the ability of evaluating these players thoroughly. So I wouldn't pigeonhole myself, but I also wouldn't, you know, take the outliers of the standout players if it's a position of need for me. Yeah, that's a great way of putting it. I then that's a great perspective as well. So you did have a list of players. You did some homework for me. I really appreciate that. I'm sure the ride or die crew really does appreciate. <laughs> they want to know individual players that might be on the Steelers radar. This does not mean that they are. We're not saying they are, but they could right. be. Who are some of those players? What positions are you talking about? So I mean, we had a few former Steelers that that really balled out. Um, if you watch the championship game, you've seen a guy um in um uh, lost my place here in Pitts, the Pittsburgh Maulers. He had two different stints with us. Mark Gilbert, a mm-hmm. cornerback from Duke. Uh, it was the, um, his cousin is Darrell Revis. Yeah. He actually led, him. he, he led the league in interceptions this, this past season in USFL. I uh, was named to their all pro team. So he's always been a quality talent, even at Duke. He's just had injury problems throughout his career. So this year there, he played 10 games. He was able to stay healthy. You've seen that high end talent, in the spring league. Now would he be able to translate, maybe come in on a contract to battle with XFL player, Luke Barku for that Mm -hmm. third or fourth corner, you know, maybe a gunner position. That'd be a guy I'd keep an eye on as Mark Gilbert being there already have familiarity with me, with him. Um, You have Dion Kane, who was named the MVP uh, in the championship game. We are familiar with him with our wide receiver core a couple years ago from Clemson. Um, has blazing speed, can be a deep threat. You know, we're looking for that. I know Calvin Austin has been showing that he's healthy. This guy already has NFL experience. He's been putting together that momentum-type run down the playoff stretch, so that's another guy. Uh, If they're looking for maybe a competition for the practice squad quarterback or, you know, with Tanner Morgan being the guy they signed there in undrafted free agency – the MVP, Alex Mago, um, he he put together a quality season both as a passer and runner. Um, I know he's on the on the later end of the 20s, but he would still be eligible for the practice squad, I believe, uh, this coming year. But there's a few guys that I, I'm really ecstatic, and I've, I've been keeping an eye on them since they were in college. One of them in particular was a, a big ugly uh, down the trenches, a nose tackle. Uh, if you know me, I'm a big guy, so I always uh, my eyes gravitate there. <laughs> Olivier Sagapulu, uh, he was a nose tackle from Wisconsin. Um, he was in the top third of sacks, actually, in this league this past year. He is a 340-pound man that can backflip, <laughs> backflip, standing backflip. This guy, he's he's a mountain man, got power in his hands. I know we just got Keanu Benton, but this may be a guy you can bring in. He's a younger player still. 
He played in a Wisconsin scheme similar to the Steelers. Maybe you find him being we have a lot of veteran depth at the end of our depth chart. Maybe bring in a Saga Pulu and think about uh, I can I can sneak him off on the. And then uh, another guy that uh, had some issues in college was uh, Mark Thompson. He was just named the offensive player of the year. Uh, he he was originally committed to Florida, had some off the field issues there, um, has really cleaned himself up. But this guy, he's six foot two, 235 pounds. We're looking at Anthony McFarland for our third running back. Maybe you bring this guy in. He had 14 touchdowns this past season, over 600 yards. Uh, in only eight games. So he was really a hard-nosed runner, downhill, one-cut kind of back. Um, you're matching, you know, the the physical playing style of Najee a little bit, being that Warren's a little bit of a different um, skill set. If you're looking for a third back in the same vein as Najee, Mark Thompson would be a good pick there. And then another kind of under-the-radar uh, position to keep an eye on, kickers. I know Boswell um, kind of had the, the ebb and flow last year. I wouldn't be surprised we see the competition really um, put on put on him in the um, training camp. There's three particular kickers. One was Nick Skiba uh, from Wake Forest. He already spent last year in training camp with the Steelers. Uh, he had a, hit a 56-yard field goal and put together a quality run here in the USFL. But there's two other guys. Louis Aguilar. He went eight for eight in one game at one point, including a game winner of 55 yards. High-quality player consistent that guy's going to get at least a training camp invite if it's not the Steelers maybe another team is desperate to uh, get out from underneath a bad contract of a kicker and then old Pitt Panther great Chris Blewett uh, he put together he put together a quality run yeah. USFL as well uh, he actually hit a 56 yarder in the uh, championship game as well he went four for five and the one he missed it was a it was a terrible snap so it really wasn't all his fault he put together a quality run. So there's a number of guys here. There's And that's the thing that always excites me about these secondary leagues and the spring leagues, whether it's the XFL and the USFL. It's just more opportunities for these guys. And if even if you never make it to the NFL, if you find stardom in one of these leagues, you made it. You know what I mean? It, you have minor league baseball. You know, guys might never make it to the majors, but they become a home in these small communities and become yeah. stars even through kids throughout the age. And it lets you play uh, a game that, that you dreamed of as a child at a level of a professional quality. And I just see no downside. And like you said, if it, if it gives you another opportunity to get to the NFL, great. If not, you can be happy with where you're at. Absolutely. And and I didn't even realize all the ties of the Steelers that you just mentioned. Like you're rattling off these names, like up, oh, he played for the Steelers. He spent time with the Steelers. There's something to this. So keep again, doesn't mean they're going to sign these players, but there, there, there is some writing on the wall, whether that leads to anything. We'll see. I have one last question for you before I let you go. Yeah. And this is something I've thought about with like the signing of Hakeem Butler mainly. What do you think about the, the physical toll it'll take on their bodies? The fact that they're coming off now, the XFL at least has had some downtime, but the USFL is just ending and then all of a sudden, if, if they were on, let's say the Pittsburgh Maulers, they were in the championship game. You're talking about weeks until they report to training camp anywhere. Would that be a concern for you? These players that have gone through all of this and then they got to go through another training camp. That would be difficult. Yeah, the attrition is going to be a, a key thing to be uh, keep an eye on throughout these next two or three years. Hopefully these 
you know, whether one or both of them survive, uh, it's always said that if you're able to survive the first three years in one of these secondary leagues, um, none of them will be able to do it outside of the first itineration of USFL um, way back when, when it went head to head with the NFL. Yeah. Um, but it's going to be interesting. And uh, my opinion, yes, the hits may take a little bit of a course of action, especially if it's a position like running back or offensive line. Um, but as far as receivers and tight ends, I think you may, it, it may give them a boost in the competition to say against maybe an undrafted rookie that's been True. only doing OTAs. They've been in an NFL style playbook. They're able to roll right into camp, like I said, with that momentum. We can see how that reacts in a game when you get momentum and you can, you know, overcome some shortcomings. It may be the same thing here with uh, with an opportunity that's been granted. Yeah. All right, Roy, thank you very much for joining the show and giving us your insight. Why don't you tell people where they can find you on social media as well as your written work and your projects that you're working on? Go ahead and tell everyone right now. Sure. You can find me on Twitter at PreacherBoyRoy. I'm always willing to talk football if you're ever able. I love being able to come in here and talk with Jeff. Uh, you can find my work at 24-7 Sports, the Steel City Insider. Uh, I've been working with Jim Wexel for quite a few many years. Been have a little bit of a lull here in between the draft season and now training camp, but I'm sure that's going to be picking up before too long. Uh, probably previewing some stuff with the college season uh, each week going there. Um Got some other stuff going on at my personal scouting site. Uh, it's at prospectencyclopedia.com. Uh, big country scouting. I've been just kind of keeping track and rolling on the off-season database, but going to be rolling into some uh, probably team previews here at some point of the younger players. So keep an eye out on that as well. Awesome. Check him out on social media as well as all those websites he just mentioned. Quality stuff. Quality stuff indeed. Roy, thank you very much for your time. We appreciate it. Thank you, Jeff. Enjoy yourself, buddy. Hey, thank Everyone loves spring, but constantly shifting temperatures can make it hard to keep your home comfortable. An all-electric heat pump from Mitsubishi Electric is the perfect solution. A specially trained Patriot Air contractor can help you design the ultimate home comfort system. And you'll be helping reduce carbon emissions by ditching fossil fuels for heating when temperatures start to drop again. Duct or ductless, large or small homes, even in extreme climates, heat pumps can help you shift seasons comfortably. Learn more about Mitsubishi Electric products at PatriotAir.com. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. All right.
right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, it is the second half of the Wednesday podcast. It means it's time for the mailbag segment. As we always do, I put out the tweet. You respond with questions, and I give you the answers right here live on the podcast. In case you might be a first-time listener and you don't know how to get your question answered, all you have to do is find me on Twitter at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. I ask the question, and then I put out the question, like, hey, I need questions. You all respond, and then you... You know how it works. So let's get this show on. Off. Let's get this show started right. Jeez, easy for me to say. Steelers Nation Australia, which is our buddy Marky D. He said, "If you were a Steelers coach, Jeff, would you rather design and call plays for the offense or the defense?" Uh, this is a great question. So for me, I've always been an aggressive person, and when I say a person, I, at any sport that I've played, I've always wanted to be the person that is the aggressor, not the person that is reacting to the opposite. So I would definitely want to be an offensive coach. Not that I'm capable of being an offensive coach. That would just be my uh, what I would pick if I had a difference or if I had a choice. In terms of when I coach lacrosse, I was definitely an offensive coach there as well. So I was the one that designed the offense and the man up and all that good stuff. So, yes, I would choose offense. Paul Orlando says, wife and I are going to Latrobe for the first time ever to see a practice August 17th. Do you have any pointers or advice for what to do for the best experience? So, you know, look, I don't have a ton of advice. I haven't been there in a really long time. I will say just from covering the team, your best bet is to have more than one day open. If they move, let's say August 17th is the day that they get moved to Pittsburgh because of weather, they get moved indoors, they have to go to the turf fields, which aren't as visible. You just have to be prepared for that. Otherwise, get up there early. If you want autographs, you're going to have to get in position and uh, just enjoy it. Take some video, take some pictures, send them my way. I'd love to see them. Joshua Petrix says, happy 4th, Jeff. Happy 4th of July to you as well. In honor of the 4th, who are your four players this season that you're expecting to explode like a row of cannons against the Redcoats? All right, so the four players. I'll go with Kenny Pickett. That's number one. I'm going to go with George Pickens, number two. Um, I'm, I, I don't know why, but in my, and I'm trying to think about players that aren't obvious, like your TJ Watts and your Cam Haywards, make Fitzpatrick. I'm going to go with number three. For some reason, I just have a feeling that DeMonte KZ is going to have a really big year. So I'm going to have DeMonte KZ as three. And if I'm going to number, number four, it's Patrick Peterson. Yeah. He might be a little bit older, a little bit longer in the tooth. I still think he's going to have a heck of a season. All right, let's go to Brian Haynes. He has several. He said, coaches can coach, but players have to play. Who's responsible for the lack of playoff success in recent years? So let's go back to the the last, uh, the Cleveland Browns playoff loss in 2020. So the Steelers turned the ball over at a ridiculous clip. Uh, They get into a huge hole. Is that really on the coaching staff? Uh, You think back to like the Jacksonville Jaguars playoff loss in 2017. Divisional round, again, turnovers were crazy. Is that the coach's fault? I don't believe that. I, I, I do think that there is some blame to be had by coaches, but I don't think it's everything. I don't think that everything goes gets blamed on the coaching staff, not in my opinion. So, yeah, the players have to play. Coaches have to coach. But ultimately, you just got to go make some plays. Next from Brian, if you could pick two players, one offense, one defense from the league, and add them to the roster, who would you choose? So if I could pick two players from around the league, uh, who would I choose? This is difficult because you didn't even give me specific positions other than just side of the football. So on offense, uh, give me, shoot, give me a, a Jason Kelsey center. Philadelphia Eagles, I know he's older, but that's fine. He's still really, really good. 
I think that center would be a huge addition for the Steelers on offense. On defense, give me uh, give me Aaron Donald. Why? Because I think he and Cam Hayward would just it would be un, almost unstoppable. So there you go. One offense, one defense. Another from Brian. Would you rather have this year's offense with the 2008 defense or this year's defense with the 2014 offense? To me, I think this year's offense with that 08 defense could win a Super Bowl. I, I really honestly do. So give me that. Next from Brian. Who's your ideal free agent to be signed? Still, I keep seeing Reuben Foster, but I don't know if he's the best option. Well, we talked about this in the first half a little bit. The Steelers are doing their work on the USFL players that are still out there and available. I mean, I've heard other names being floating and floated around, but ultimately I really don't know. I can honestly see the Steelers just take taking a patient approach, waiting and seeing until all the players are cut, or maybe players get cut early. Last year, the Steelers cut some players early, earlier than you thought. Remember uh, Jannard Avery? He got cut. No one expected him to get cut. So you might have those type of players. I think they're going to be patient. Next from Brian, and last one here from him. Which is more important to this team, a Kenny Pickett jump or a T.J. Watt staying healthy? I love Kenny Pickett. Love him. But it's T.J. Watt staying healthy. Like that, that is the answer here. The Steelers have only won one game, and they've tied one, with T.J. Watt not in the lineup. That's all you need to know. That is all you need to know about how important T.J. Watt is. So for me, it's T.J. staying healthy. All right, Jeff Coons, our brother from up north, he says, Jeff with a J, you have mentioned that Ben would be a dream guest on your podcast. What would be your first question? Um, I think my first question, this is this is really difficult because there are so many questions that come to mind. I, I think I would probably ask him if he could go back in his career and do anything over again, what would it be? Like anything. He might say it's to wear a helmet when he rode his motorcycle, you know, back in 2005 or 2006. Okay, that's fine. He might say not to go to the bar in Georgia. Okay, that's fine too. Um, so it's it's one of those things where I would just love to, or maybe he was talking about a, a specific team, like 2017 uh, or something like that. So, you know, you just don't know. Uh, I would love to know what that answer was, though. Good question, Jeff. Thank you very much. Uh, Heath, he asked several. El Jefe, if the Steelers are one position away from being in that upper tier of teams in the league, what position could we add to move up? Okay, so if the Steelers are one position away from being in that upper echelon of teams, I think that the the position is not going to be a position thing. It's going to be, can this team gel? Can this team actually become a cohesive unit? I think that's the ultimate thing. I think the pieces are in place, but is the offensive line, which so many new faces, are they going to be able to get, the, get it together? What about the secondary, which is almost completely redone? You know, you don't have Terrell Edmonds. You don't have Cam Sutton. No Arthur Millette. Uh, you know, you have Noah Kello Witherspoon. Not that he had a huge role, but still he had experience. They're all gone. So I think it just comes down to can they get this team playing as a team? Can they get them all gelling? Like I said, one cohesive unit. I don't think it just comes down to one position, but that's just me. He His next question is, pick my cardio for the day. 45 minutes on the treadmill, a one-hour bike, a 30-minute Stairmaster, outside two-mile jog. Don't do any of it or have a milkshake. I'll tell you what my choice would be. I would choose none of those. It would be to go outside and walk. Uh, people always talk about cardio as if it's some type of death sentence. Yeah, I, I just walk. People will ask me all the time. I'll see him had someone at the pool the other day. Hey, what, what, what do you do for cardio? I don't. I mean, I walk. We walk our dog a ton. We have a young 
pit bull. He is so freaking high energy. We need to walk him like three to four times a day just to keep him calm. So I walk a ton. I that's all I do is walk. So you know my Heath, my advice is just go walk. Go outside and walk. Last question from Heath Davis. Could Connor Hayward's athleticism be to his detriment if he doesn't have a spot on a spot that he shines at or a position? But he is just okay at a few different ones. I think that his athleticism, if it's if it's that good. I think that he'll they'll find a spot for him, and that might might be more than one spot, to be honest with you. So I think that if can't if Connor Hayward's athleticism is that vast and that diverse, I think the Steelers are going to find a way to get him on the field. All right, Eric Askew said, "If you were a professional athlete, would you rather hoist a Lombardi or get the coveted green jacket?" Also, if a Steeler from any era was a free agent right now, who would Con and, and company sign? based on position of need. All right, so the first question is, would I rather hoist a Lombardi or win a green jacket? So me, the selfishness in me and being a golfer, I'm going to say the green jacket. Why? Because that's an individual sport. You win the Masters, you didn't just go out and have one great game. You had to have four great days, and you did it all by yourself. Uh, you think about the players that have won a Lombardi trophy that didn't even dress didn't even really do anything, didn't have an impact. Not that that lessens what they've done, but I don't know. It just, to me, if you're comparing the two, it's apples and oranges. You have an individual sport and a team sport. I'll take the individual award over that one. Now, the second part of your question, and that is who would Con and company sign? I think they would sign Jack Lambert. If I, if they had to pick anyone from the past, give me Jack Lambert in his prime. He, he's going to bring the attitude. They need an inside linebacker. He still could cover, by the way, folks, and he could play the run as good as anyone. Uh, yeah, that's who I think I'd go. They'd go with Johnny angel asked two questions. I always hear Matt Canada's offense is basic. The athletic went into the receiver route tree as an, for an example, maybe some insights into comparing an NFL style offense, maybe the 49ers or Rams and what is holding back the Steelers offense. So I'm going to lean on those that are a part of the steel curtain network that know way more than I do. Mainly Kevin Smith, coach KT Smith. He's talked a lot about this. It's not that Mad Canada's offense is basic. It's that every every step along the way, it's had to be basic. So with Ben Roethlisberger, he's trying to find, you know, he's, he's got the square peg and the circle hole. Ben Roethlisberger is the peg. It's, it's not fitting because they don't, they, it's stylistically, it didn't mesh. It just didn't look right. And not to mention he had Kendrick Green as his starting center. Then you go to last year and you got Mitch Trubisky. Then you go to Kenny Pickett. You've got an offensive line that's very much off and on again. They were consistent, got better at the end of the season, but still you understand what I'm saying. You had a rookie quarterback. You can't throw everything at him. This is why this year is a make-or-break year for Matt Canada. Basic or not, it's it's whether it's effective. You know, it, I, I personally, I think that you can have a basic offense, and if you can run it well and you can execute when it matters most, i.e. the red zone, you'll be just fine. Next one from Johnny Angel. Can Kendrick Green make this roster? I never felt like he was big and strong enough for the NFL. They could have had Creed Humphreys that went to Kansas City but would not have Fryermuth. What would you have done? Love the tight end, but I would have gone center. It's easy to have hindsight and to say, like, oh, yeah, because I remember Creed Humphrey was available, and when they picked Pat Fryermuth, everyone's like, man, this, we really wanted Creed Humphrey. I would have been fine with Creed Humphrey, but I'm also fine with Pat Fryermuth. I'm not going to go back and second-guess things. Pat Fryermuth, who, let's hope, has a huge year this year, could end up being the next great Steelers tight end and is with the team and the organization for his entire career. So let's not dismiss that pick just because of what could have been with Creed Humphrey. All right, Todd Hall asked Jeff, happy fourth, same to you. 
He said, what's your best club? The one you can always rely on for contact. He's talking about golf. He said, mine is a five iron. Also, what's your best tip for swinging wedges 40 to 50 50, 40 to 50 yards out. I'm struggling with those shots. Okay, so first and foremost, my favorite club, the one that I always rely on is my 7-iron. I don't know what it is. Pull out the 7-iron. I feel very confident that I'm going to make a contact. It's probably going to go where I want it, the way that I want it to look, whether it's a, a straight you know, – I'm aiming right at the pin or if I want to draw it, maybe a little cut. I feel like with the 7, I can do whatever I want. As for those 40 to 50-yard wedge shots, the best bet, and the, the one thing I tell myself all the time is I'd rather – I. I used to take this really looping backswing, maybe like three quarter swing, and I would decelerate through it because it's a touch shot. It's it's not a I need a full swing. So with that, it, it takes a lot of time and it practice with those touch shots. So what I decided because I would decelerate, which would sometimes equate to me chunking the ball or just coming up short. I, what I told myself now is only take it back halfway and accelerate through. Always accelerate through. Finish the shot. So don't bring it back as far finish through the shot. It does take some time to get acclimated to that approach, but once you kind of get a feel for it, boy, you can put some spin on the ball. You can also move the ball the way you want it. That's my advice for those really awkward 40 to 50 yard shots. Thank you, Todd, very much. All right, Haskins QB1. Hey, Jeff, just for poops and giggles, which dynamic duo would you rather have, Tommy Maddox and Lima Swede or Landry Jones and Dante Moncrief? Oh, gosh, this is awful. Um... Man, this is really tough. So I'm going to go with the first one. I'll go with Tommy Maddox and Lima Swede. At least Lima Swede has something that happened in his career that was positive. When he had that crushing block against the Ravens. It wasn't a catch. He dropped the ball that game. But he at least had that block that was huge for the Steelers. And I always like Tommy Maddox. So there you go. Doc M asked three questions. Number one, what are the main differences that you expect from the 2023 Steelers in comparison to the 2022 team? What metrics would you use to gauge the performance? So on off on offense, I'm looking at this 2022 Steelers that moved the ball, time and position was great, but struggled scoring points. I want to see more points scored. I still want to see the time and possession go in the way of the Steelers. I still want to see third down conversions be extremely high. In the second half of the season last year, the Steelers were close to 50% on third downs. That's great. So on offense, I'm looking for a more efficient offense that can finish drives. And the metric I'm looking for there is points per game. Do they average over 20? I mean, they averaged 18.1, I believe, last year. They need to average more than that. That's the metric I'm looking for. Next from Doc, if the team's performance was no different or regressed, then who should bear responsibility for the failure to progress? It depends on why they didn't progress. If TJ Watt gets hurt and Cam Hayward gets hurt and Mega Fitzpatrick gets hurt and the defense naturally is going to regress, I don't think anyone is necessarily to blame other than the fact that your three superstars on that side of the ball, they all got hurt. So it to me it has to be more it has to be more focused on a reason why they progressed. If everyone stayed healthy and nothing changed, 18.1 points per game like I just mentioned, then yeah, that's on the coordinator. Got to get it done. That's a coach's and that's probably why if that's the case Matt Canada is going to be gone. We'll see how it goes. Last question from Doc. If the team exceeded expectations by winning a Super Bowl, who should get the praise for the direction of the team? I think that that would be a complete question. You know, it's one of those situations where it's like, well, you got to give some props to Mike Tomlin. You got to give props to Omar Khan and Andy Weedle in the front office for doing things the way they did. You got to give props to the coordinators for making it happen and the players to do it. It would be a an organizational win if they were able to find a way to win this Super Bowl, that would be that. That's I don't think any one person 
would get the blame? Great questions. Great questions from everyone. I thank everyone for participating and sending in the questions and spending some time. I hope you enjoyed the first half of this show with Roy Countryman, who helped kind of diagnose what's happening with the USFL. I'll be back on Friday. Jeremy Jerome Betts will be joining me for the All Bets Are Off segment. We're finally going to get to those DEFCON levels unless something else happens, but we'll get to it. My boy Heath, don't worry, we'll get to it. In the meantime, folks, you know how we finish it out here. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great rest of the weekend or week. See you on Friday. Thank you.